Hello and welcome to episode number 76 of the Agro Innovations Podcast, all things related and debated in agriculture. This episode of the Agro Innovations Podcast has been published onto our website, agroinnovations.com slash podcast, on Monday, January 25th, 2010. On this episode of the Agro Innovations Podcast, we are joined by Chris Watkins. Chris is a founding member of Apropedia, the appropriate technology wiki site featured on this podcast in the past. He is also a world traveler and a connector of people and ideas, especially those centered around open source, appropriate technology, and water. Chris Watkins, welcome to the Agro Innovations Podcast. Thank you very much, Frank. Well, Chris, you've been traveling around the world quite a bit. Uh, you and I have been trying to set up a conversation for quite a while now. Obviously, with you traveling a lot, it, it does make it a challenge, but here we are. So let's start by having you tell us a little bit about where you've been, uh, what you've been doing, and how that relates to your work with Apropedia. Uh, well, Frank, I've been, uh, yeah, it's been a long trip. I've been traveling for 18 months. Uh, the thing is, I, I do believe in slow travel, not just sort of flying in somewhere and, and flying out a few days later. But you know, if you if you're going to use up that much carbon on a on a flight, then uh, spend a long time. Uh, so uh, it it started with heading to Europe and I uh, got off the plane in uh, in the Netherlands and was met by Vinay Gupta of the Hexia project, the Flatpak Refugee Shelter. And uh, that was the first time I actually met someone who was an active part of Apropedia in the flesh. I'd been working for, for two years on Apropedia. We'd uh, working with Lonnie and Kurt in California and we set up the, the Apropedia Foundation and everything, but we'd never actually met face to face. And so this trip has been a matter of going and meeting Vinay Gupta and then going to uh, London and getting to meet uh, Andrew Lamb, who is one of our directors and also the, the head of Engineers Without Borders UK, and um, and eventually got to to the US as well and uh, met my uh, partners in, in Apropedia from the Apropedia Foundation and met a lot of other people who are involved in the Apropedia Foundation, the Apropedia community in some way, contributing, editing, um, helping out on the technical side, all of that kind of thing, and meeting a lot of um, like-minded people. Well, then now tell us what some of the things that you have really struck you about what's going on out in the world today, based on your direct experiences and obviously your travels for the past 18 months and particularly related to people's relationship with technology? Hmm. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where to start with that. Uh, perhaps more of a community angle. The, um, uh, one of the places I spent time was the, uh, the OLPC offices in Boston, the um, One Laptop Per Child project. And... Uh, that was really interesting, seeing the, the way they work and, and seeing the technology. And it's a it's a very impressive project, and um, yeah, they're still doing good stuff. Um, seeing the way that 
that people will come together around a technology is, is really interesting and encouraging. You know, just like we see in the open source world, Linux and uh, various uh, Linux package projects, people get excited about, uh, about solving a technical problem. And, uh, and when there's a, you know, some kind of structure that makes it easier for them to, to collaborate on that, and they'll come together and do that. And uh, you know, sometimes you get these little projects that don't, don't go very far, and people are kind of experimenting all over the place, but then you get the ones that, you know, where the experiment comes together and, and you get uh, a popular and successful little project. And you know, I find that, find that really interesting to see and um, see how people can just get so dedicated to, uh, to something. And um, sometimes I look at that and think, hmm, now how can we get people you know, more involved in Apropedia? Because we've got a, a certain core group of people who come to the site and, and contribute their knowledge, but um, um, we don't have as much of a um, you know, a, a large community of people who are, you know, obsessively editing or, or whatever. So, um, uh, yeah, looking at the, the successes of some of those those projects and seeing the way that, that some of these these people that we make just have so little time for anything else because they just you know, they're volunteering in, in several projects and coding and um, helping to manage the, the communities around their, their open source projects, that kind of thing. It, it really gets people fired up. Yeah, well, my next question actually kind of touches on what you were talking about in terms of, um, you know, getting people more involved. Now, I've spent a bit of time on Apropedia, and I do think it's a useful tool, but yeah. I'm still not exactly sure how well it's connecting people to their real-world communities so that the technological inv innovations that are featured on Apropedia can be deployed at the pace that they really need to be. What are your thoughts yeah. about this? In terms of connecting people with their communities, I, I think that is something where uh, Apropedia is a tool that communities can use and It's like a, a really interesting thing I've learned about Linux just by way of analogy is that you know, I've always thought of Linux as a replacement for um, proprietary software like Microsoft. I've always thought of um, open source packages like open source operating systems like Linux as you know, an alternative and, and expected them to operate in kind of the same way as Mac or Windows. And what I've learned is that you, you actually have these enthusiastic communities of people and one of the important roles they play is in, in helping people get started. So uh, you can download Ubuntu or something and just install it and you've got a, a Linux computer. But, um, but actually, even if you talk to someone like um, 
uh, I had the chance to meet Richard Stallman of the GNU Foundation, you know, the pioneers in uh, open source or free software. And I was talking to him about the fact that I actually found um, GNU Linux quite uh, difficult at times to, to install and figure out because these things were, you know, I, I wanted to use the, the free software, the open source software uh, package for something and yet you know, it just wasn't that easy. And, and his comment was, well, I've never actually installed a, uh, a distribution by myself, never installed an operating system by myself. I thought, wow, this is a guy who's you know, got a thousand times the uh, the technical ability uh, of me or, or more uh, in in all things to do with coding and, and managing computers and yet he he doesn't expect that he's just going to go and install something himself it, it's something that makes sense to do uh, within a community and uh, use that tool within a community so one thing I would like to see happening on Apropedia is that communities actually engage and that's partly about uh, us, in, you know, improving the tools to uh, to do that. But it is actually, you know, it's, it's already possible. Anyone can can use it. You can set up uh, pages about your community for your community, and uh, and use that to kind of provide a, you know, just provide some links into. Okay, these are the things we're working on. These are the things we're going to be emulating. Links to other Acropedia pages, and. Uh, demonstrating what you're doing, but also connecting with what other communities are doing around the world. And so far we've seen more connection on an individual level, but, um, but there's certainly, uh, you know, these, these ideas flow out into the community and, uh, and sometimes it's just you know, one person in a community somewhere who will be the, the, the wiki enthusiast who will come back and, and document what they're doing. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Richard Stallman and uh, mm. GNU Linux. I actually came to start thinking about open source appropriate technology based on my experience with Linux um, at, uh, for, for the purposes of the small business environment in which I'm in. Uh, I just kind of had to learn how to set up a Linux server you know, and get that going with all the things that a small business would need to, to make that work for it. And it astounded me that uh, a community of people could create something that's free, that was superior in so many ways to the commercial proprietary software. Although in other ways, it's it's inferior as well, especially in some of the drivers and the add-on packages and stuff that are available for it but but in terms of a, a server environment I mean I couldn't imagine someone yes. buying proprietary software it just seems ridiculous to me um, and so I started to think about this and thought well wow uh, you know I kind of put two and two together and my background with appropriate technology had been in the field uh, working with farmers in the third world and seeing that you know, here's a, two ideas that we can put together and, and really kind of 
make a make a big difference in a lot of people's lives. And then uh, I be started to become aware of things like Apropedia and the Hexayurt project, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Open Farm Tech, and and many of the other people who were thinking along the same lines uh, in parallel, and who had kind of taken up their own initiatives along those lines. So. Um, and and w one of the things about Linux is that as I kind of muddled through and, and got things configured and learned a little bit of PHP and MySQL and Apache and whatever else I needed to learn in the process, I could always go to the IRC channels and ask people questions. Mm -hmm. And that was often a really great way to be able to configure something or learn how to set something up or troubleshoot something. Yeah. Um despite the fact that you're commonly derided by the Linux geeks that hang out in the IRC channels, uh, you know, you will... Some channels are better than others. Yeah, well, you, you do tend to find someone that, that will be forthcoming with, with their time. Now, our community of open source appropriate technology people is, is it seems to me, much smaller than that. And we don't yes. have those IRC channels. And... And, you know, I, th there's a few projects that come to mind. You know, the Hexayurt project is one that's out there and the RipRap project. But we don't have as many projects either that are, that are really, um, you know, open source hardware kind of projects. So um, I'll just kind of leave that comment out there and, and get your response to that. Uh, I'm, one of the problems, of course, is that with free software you have a brilliant framework, uh, which, you know, again, is, it goes back to Richard Stallman, uh, the, the copy left idea or, or the share alike idea to use you know, Creative Commons terminology, that you, uh, you can take this code and reuse it and adapt it and do whatever you want with it, but you must release it, release your improvements, your adaptations to it under the same license so it must remain free it must remain open but in uh, and, and we can do that with text and it started off with again the GNU foundation the free document license and now the creative common licenses are, are more common and you know, more suitable for what we're doing but uh, and that works really well but when it comes to actual hardware and patents it's just, it's more difficult, and patent law is uh, is a lot more problematic. And you know, protecting something, protecting an idea from being incorporated into some into a commercial object is is more problematic. So you know, maybe that's a part of it, and maybe it's just that you know there's more people in the world that are um, keen on sitting down with a computer and um, and coding. Uh, and it's easy to contribute in, in some small way. Whereas with, um, yeah, I guess when they're thinking about open source hardware for, uh, you know, for appropriate technology, then that's often something that it's, it's very hands-on and not, not everyone is like that. But you know, just, to, just to illustrate that it's, it's not essential to be this kind of uh, tinkerer uh, those the people who do tinker 
do wonderful work and you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're sharing in Acropedia. But I'm not like that at all. I, I, um, I spend my time in front of the computer, I work on Acropedia, um, I sort of put information together and create categories and links and, and all of this sort of thing and uh, engage with the community. But when it comes to actually tinkering, I'm, I'm happy to support the people that do that, let Acropedia support that. But at the same time, to collate ideas because um, what we're doing is partly about the, the hardware, partly about the, the physical tools, the, the open source appropriate technology. But the thing about appropriate technology is that it's all about the context, it's all about the, you know, the understanding of, of what the real needs are. It's not about just, um, you know, here's the tool, here are the instructions. Um, so there's a, a whole uh, background of, of information uh, about culture, about you know, agriculture, the needs of agriculture, about methodologies uh, that is essential to development and sustainability. And so that is another aspect of, of what we're working on. And, uh, and you know, when I do get drawn into to actually writing something, contributing something on, on Acropedia myself, it tends to be a bit more from that angle. Uh, whereas we have other people like uh, Lonnie Grafman, who uh, originally founded Acropedia, uh, is a, an instructor at Humboldt State University. He, he's, he's working with appropriate technology all the time. His students are doing projects. And so their projects are, are being written up on Acropedia. And so, you, so you do have these these different aspects, and, and they're all important. Well, what you know, my take on this is that that is true, and and in terms of you know hardware being qualitatively different than software, mm. uh, that is you know fundamentally one of the things that we're coming up against with this, and that's why you know I've really seen a lot of potential in riprap and similar types mm. of things. Yes. And so I'm wondering when, if ever, will we get to the point where Apropedia or something similar is the back end for a network of rapid fabricators like RipRap, and we download yeah. and output parts and designs on the fly, and that's when it will really start to look a lot more like uh, free and open source software in that the designs will be uh, what are modified and kept in a central repository uh, and released under open licensing, and then people actually turning those designs into real things, you know, is what will be happening in, in people's communities and and uh, addressing the needs, as you said, that, that people have in their communities. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely, uh, definitely has the potential to be something really significant in the, in the world of open source physical technologies. Uh, in terms of what Acropedia will be doing in the future, I'm, I'm sure that um, there'll be code for RepRap's um, RepRap technologies actually within Acropedia. Uh, and we already have a, a version, uh, version control system within MediaWiki and that could be used to, um, to track differences in the 
in the code between the, between versions of a, a technology. Uh, I, I don't know if any, uh, or certainly not very much uh, development would be needed of the MediaWiki software to do that, I, I would imagine. Um, and as well as developments in technology that we're working on at the moment, semantic technologies that would, make, would enable you to track uh, not only this particular version of the technology, but enable you to, to quickly bring up which other pages on the site are referencing this one uh, and tagging it as the source for their design. So, so quickly looking and seeing where are the branches for this design. So that's something which is, is very easy to imagine being done within uh, Acropedia's platform. Well, on the, one, on the one hand, it's easy to imagine, but I mean, how close does it seem to you? It, it feels so far away to me. You know, I'm, I, I consider myself a person who's actively involved in, in, in my local community and, mm -hmm. and on some of these online communities, uh, you know, like, like people like yourself who I communicate mm -hmm. with and share ideas with. Um, and yet the needs for appropriate technology, uh, you know, even in the it, especially in the American suburban environment that I'm in, mm -hmm. are so great, uh, just so pressing, and yet the perception of those needs is is so lagging behind yeah. the actual, you know, reality. How far away do you see this as being, and, and can we move quickly enough? Can we deploy this quickly enough so that we can mm. get this technology uh, where we need it most? Well, it depends what path we, we're looking at. So I think there's several paths that, that we need to move along. One is the, the RepRap thing. And uh, in terms of Acropedia's platform, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a technical person, I'm not a coder, but uh, it looks to me like that MediaWiki side of it, that technology, the, the coding side of it, is, is not so hard for actually sharing these designs. But in terms of um, the bigger picture, I see that as as part of what we're doing on Acropedia and something that will you know, enable people as the RepRap takes off more, um, as people do start to download designs and such, then you know, I think we're I think we're ready to do something with that. However, I, I don't think that is like you know, the answer in all the designs on Acropedia and, and elsewhere are going to be in that form because it's probably a, a minority of people that, that will be doing things in that way and needing that kind of uh, that kind of technology that you have for your machines producing other machines. Uh, sometimes the the technologies and the techniques we need uh, actually just need to be explained in in text and diagram form and you know, that's the, the kind of thing that we're doing at Acropedia at the moment and that we, you know, we're wanting to accelerate as, uh, as more people get involved. So that's, you know, it's, it's something that just you know, takes work. The way we've seen, you know, look at the enormous amount of time that's gone into to Wikipedia. It's just you know, people have put in the work and created this resource. And yet that enormous amount of time is you know, a drop in the ocean compared with the, the time that people spend watching TV and <laughs> um, just surfing the internet. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty more resources out there as we engage people. And uh, I think as the, 
as Acropedia itself develops. And, and as we get, you know, as we get enthusiastic people helping with specific projects to, to build Acropedia in terms of importing information, converting uh, open, open license documents from closed format, so converting a PDF document into MediaWiki so that we can share it on the site and so that it can be adapted. Uh, and we've, we've got access to an enormous amount of information um, but uh, you know we're we're looking for helpers. We're looking for enthusiastic people to say, yeah, this is something I want to do. Let's help bring that in, uh, convert it. We've got some tools to do that. Convert it to MediaWiki, mark it with uh, attribution tags, uh, and you know, and actually start to get this this information, you know, remix it, put it in forms that people are going to uh, to find more and more useful, so that. They go to Acropedia, and now it's you know there's there's a lot of stuff on Acropedia. There's like three thousand substantial pages as as our software has has decided to um, um, to assess it. But um, there's a lot of a lot more small articles as well. You know, waiting for people to expand it, and you know, there's a huge scope there for. For the uh, for the site to be expanded as well. That's that's something I'm, I'm getting a little bit off off your question now. But in terms of what we can cover and the information that uh, that can be put there for people to use, uh, I think one thing we we really need to communicate a lot better at Acropedia is that this is a really wide scope. We deliberately from the very beginning chosen to go with a scope of international development, appropriate technology, uh, sustainability, sustainable technologies and practices in all forms. So, so yes, it's the appropriate technology wiki in a way, but uh, really that's if we're talking about appropriate development, appropriate living, you know, what's, what's appropriate to our time in terms of the, the needs for sustainability, what's appropriate to the to the needs of someone in uh, in India or Indonesia, or you know, in a in a slum or in a city or in a um, or in a wealthy environment, you know, what's appropriate to each situation, um, and there's there's very little limitation on that within that whole scope. There's very little limitation on, on what you can do. You, know, you you want the information to be there. If you, you think the information should be on Acropedia in in an open knowledge form where people can access it, then great. You know, if you've got two sentences to share, then start it and ask other people to contribute. And we can categorize it and get people uh, get people building this all together. Yeah, and I guess a little bit of you know what uh, what I'm expressing is some of my own frustration, uh, not so much with the Apropedia community, but just you know my own community here where I live. Um, and so I want to wrap up by asking you, um, you know, this is such, this is such a difficult uh, sell at all levels. So what advice do you have to people who are trying to make this sell and get people involved in this? And it's good that we have several hundred or several thousand people working on this stuff, but uh, it's not commensurate with the scale of effort that, that's required. So what, what is your advice to people who are trying to, you know, get other people on board with some of these ideas? Mm. 
we do have some experience from uh, you know four years of of enthusiastically people involved with uh, with contributing knowledge through a wiki. Uh, our experience has been that the vast majority of people will uh, like who who actually care about sustainability stuff, and you know that's that's most people. But even people who are passionate about it, the vast majority are going to say, "Look, yeah, that's great, and oh yeah, um, maybe we could contribute someday or whatever." They'll have questions, and in the end, you know, don't actually edit, don't contribute. The vast majority of people are like that, uh, but you know, Wikipedia is like that. Um, GNU, Linux, all of the, the open source free software world is like that. Most people will be consumers and uh, that changes as you bring down the barrier to entry and and we're working on bringing down the barrier to entry in, in Apropedia. We have a WYSIWYG editor now, uh, rich text editor, so you can actually go in there and, and see the formatting while you're editing. And that's, you know, it's not perfect, but it's, uh, you know, we're on that path and, and we're constantly thinking about how we can make it easier to contribute. We have open edit, so you don't have to register. Um, if you want to just click, add a sentence, um, fix some, some little thing, then, then do that. But we know that a lot of people um, are still, you know, uh, at this stage in, in the development of, uh, of these kind of social technologies, a lot of people are still not quite used to that. I think people will get more used to that, used to that, but the most important lesson I think that I've learned personally is that you, you don't expect, you don't get it to a particular person and whether they'll contribute, like a particular person's contributions to a site. Um, what, what I like to do is just appreciate the people who are joining. And, and just in the last couple of months, we've had uh, some people join the site who have been doing fantastic work. And um, we've had a lot of students through the various academic programs that, that are using Apropedia, uh, doing lots of great work. But we've had people who've just come in independently and decided that um, you know this is a place where they can do what they're passionate about and share knowledge in the way that they're passionate about, and started doing stuff. And I think the reality is that you know for for a thousand people who look like they might be uh, contenders as contributors, you know maybe one or two will actually be like a really serious contributor, and maybe there'll be another handful who will who will click edit and add something or, or add one page. And each of those things are great. You know, we need the people who, who just have, have their project that they're working on and, and want to write up the, um, you know, the straw bale greenhouse that they built or uh, something like that, those kind of pages we have on, on Apropedia. But then just occasionally you'll get the people who, who have the kind of, you know, maybe obsessive commitment that uh, that some of us have and you know spend hours and um, and end up sleep deprived because they're just so passionate about this and work so hard on it so my real interest is in getting the word out and 
engaging with communities, letting them know about Acropedia, um, getting people using it as, as readers and then telling other people. And I know that when we do that, we will find people, we'll find other people like ourselves who, who actually will you know, be interested in putting in the time and you know, clicking that edit button and you know, adding those uh, categories or you know, just adding text, adding, the, adding their knowledge or, or who share that, that idea that you know, there's this great information over here in this other place, but uh, let's have it on, on Acropedia so that it's in a wiki and then we can share it. And so you're know, taking the steps to, to take open licensed knowledge from somewhere else and putting it within the wiki. Uh, and just, just one little story I'd like to, to finish with. Uh, there was a, a discussion recently on the, well, actually, not that recently, a few months ago, uh, on, a, uh, on a blog that, that focuses on uh, aid work and development work. And the question was, do you think it's time for a humanitarian wiki? And you know, there were various comments back and forth. And my own personal reaction was, what do you mean, do you think it's time? And we're already doing this. Um, there was a perception that Acropedia was for technology and therefore a humanitarian wiki needed to be something else. Uh, my belief very strongly is that a wiki works far better when it's on a very broad topic. So, uh, so you, you have a larger community, you have all these interconnected pages and uh, you have a lot more opportunity for the wiki to be managed well and for it to grow. So, so we had this conversation and you know, I was kind of putting the case for Acropedia. Uh, but in the end, uh, you, know, you, you don't often get people to, to get involved by convincing them intellectually of something. What we do have, uh, this is taking a bit of a glasses half full approach, what we do have is some great bloggers and writers who are already using open licenses and saying, look, you know, it's completely cool for you to use my blog posts on your site. So one thing that, uh, that I've started doing and uh, and hoping to, to get other people involved with is, is getting good quality blog writing and, uh, and bringing it in and using it to create new topics and deeply insightful pages about particular issues. So you know, one that I found, I, I uh, engaged with um, one of my favorite bloggers is, uh, is Alana Shake, who has a, a blog called Blood and Milk. And uh, she's now marked her, uh, her blog with a license, which is uh, Creative Commons by Attribution. And under that, we can use it on Acropedia. So, okay, you know, we have tools to convert from HTML to, uh, to MediaWiki. So, went through and copied a bunch of them, put them on a, a page in Acropedia. And now, you know, slowly making a bit of time, I'll go through and grab one and one section create a new article based on that. And, and so if you go to Acropedia now, you find a section called 
principles of development, the category of principles of development. And it's about you know, what makes an effective aid organisation, what are the practice we, practices we should be following. So you know, we don't just have the technology right because that's just a part of the picture. How do we actually have effective international development and sustainable development? Um, so, uh, and if, if you look within that category, um, quite a few of those articles, maybe half of the articles, are based on blog posts written by Alana Shake. So, uh, yeah, that's a way that, because someone has chosen to be open and free with the way that um, the way that they writing their creative work is used, uh, that gives a boost to to the way that Acropedia is able to, to share information about these topics. And uh, you know, and there's a, a huge amount more out there. And I think as we as we get more and more content, as we get more and more of these uh, these bits of writing put into Acropedia, uh, people are more likely to find Acropedia, get interested in it. And start to see the potential because you know if there's just nothing on a topic, then you know well, I don't know maybe people think I don't know maybe I, I shouldn't be writing maybe this isn't what Acropedia is about it's just for technology it's just for whatever. Um, but as we start to fill it out, I think that people are going to get a lot more engaged and see a lot more potential for for where they can contribute. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, Chris Watkins. Um... We are about out of time here. Uh, I'm sure we could continue, and there's definitely I've definitely got a lot of other things um, going through my mind that that I'd like to talk mm -hmm. about. But uh, for for now, we'll leave it there, uh, and hopefully, this conversation will continue uh, where it will, whether it be on forums or on Apropedia itself, or on some of the uh, blog sites that are attuned to this entire conversation and this entire debate. Um, and in the meantime, uh, I'd like to thank you for your time, uh, for the work that you're doing, and for all the great insights that you have shared with me and the community of listeners uh, here on the Agro Innovations Podcast. So thanks so much, Chris Watkins, for, for joining us. Uh, thank you very much, and thanks for the work that you do, connecting people and doing these interviews. That does it for this episode of the Agro-Innovations Podcast. Join us next week as we will be publishing more great content for you to enjoy. Agro-Innovations is on Twitter, twitter.com slash agro-innovations, so you can receive updates via Twitter if you choose to do so. This and all episodes of the Agro-Innovations Podcast are released under a attribution, share like 3.0 license, so you can learn more about that at creativecommons.org. This is the Agro Innovations Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Aragona. Until next time, saludos. <laughs>